We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Good and Plenty podcast. Excuse me. Uh, we're doing this early in the morning uh, on a Tuesday morning. And uh, pleased to, to welcome back Rob Doster, um, not of NBC Sports anymore. Uh, Rob was actually laid off yesterday, which is, uh, yes, why he's got the sign, Hire Rob, with the hashtag behind him. Uh, very, very uh, creative there, Robert. And... Uh, First of all, I'd, I'd like to say how sorry I am for your, you know, for the loss of, of your job. Um, but you're doing okay. You're doing okay. Uh, you've got a, a wife and two kids. Uh, there's more to life than your job. You know that. And uh, I, I want to play uh, a couple things for you just to get you going for the for the uh, for the podcast here. So we'll 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 kind of get going here. Get you a little bit hyped up. <laughs> In the morning, little eye of the tiger to get you going. You know, I need it, man. I need it. Let's just say that uh, I started drinking pretty early last night. So hey, you gotta get motivated here. Like this, I, this I am motivated. Game. I'm fired up, Jeff. You gotta understand. So here's the thing, in the way that I'm kind of going into this, right? Like I was, I felt like I kind of capped out what I could be at yep. NBC Sports, and maybe this is going to be behind the scenes a little bit and a little inside baseball, but I really do feel like I capped out where I could have gone at NBC Sports covering college basketball because, like, let's just be honest, they were, don't really have any incentive financially to invest in the coverage of college basketball. They don't have any TV right. contracts. You know, everything that they do is more geared towards baseball or hockey or the NBA or the Premier League or golf because NBC owns the Golf Channel or things like that, like NASCAR. They don't really have any – reason to invest in anything that has to do with college sports. So I kind of was at the top of where I could ever go with that company. And I got a, a severance, so I'm not going to be hurting, you know, immediately. I need to get a job. I need to find a place for the long term. But in the immediate future, uh, I have time to go out and find something that maybe fits what I want to do a little bit better. So I'm looking at this as a blessing, man. I had a decade at NBC. It was great. I think we did some really good work. I met a lot of great people. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm ready for the next step, and I'm fired up for it. And I took last night, like I said, uh, drank a few beers, a couple too many maybe. Well, that's no um, different than, than an ordinary night in the Doster house. <laughs> let's be it's honest. True. It's true. It's true. But uh, so, 
You know, bright and early morning. I was glad that you had me on this morning because uh, it forced me to get up, get out of bed, and make something happen. Put a sign up in the background so now everybody knows that they have to go out and hire me. And I also printed out my resume, and I, uh, you know, so I have that. If anybody wants it, I can give it to you too. So I'm ready, right. man. Come, come hire me. I'm motivated. I'm versatile. I'm talented, and I'm a free agent. Let's talk. All right. So, so given that, given that, I, I want to play a little game here. <laughs> if Rob Doster had to pivot and go a different route, right, and, and get a different job. Like, what skills do you really have here? Like, what what could you do? I'm trying to think, you know, um, you know, could Rob Doster be a, be a dance instructor? Like, like <laughs> what would the next career be for Rob Doster? So Don't say a workout definitely guy. Not a, definitely not a dance instructor. Don't uh, say a workout not, guy because I've seen you. Not a workout you. guy. Not a workout guy. So honestly, like I've actually thought about this and it's kind of uh, my retirement goal is to open up um, like a like a smoke shop that also sells craft beers. So I go, like I seriously, I'm dead serious. Like my dream is uh, when I'm 70 years old to set up one of those like barbecue trucks on that one road that you have to drive to, to get to the beach. I know every beach. I got one down here. Yeah. Yeah. You have that one road that you have to get to, to be able to get to all of the beaches. I want to be the guy that sets up that roadside smoke stand where I'm making like uh, pulled pork and I'm making brisket and I'm making ribs and I'm making all that kind of stuff. So when I'm 70 years old and you're driving to the beach, you're going to see me right there just smoking a whole bunch of meat. And I know that sounded a little bit, uh, maybe I could have phrased that a little bit better, but that's, that's kind of the dream. So if it comes down to it, if this doesn't end up working out, then uh, you should come to Doster's Smoke Shop. And get yourself some nice brisket, some nice pulled pork, some good barbecue, and some great craft beers. Because that's what Listen, I know. When, when you're 70 <clears throat> doing that, I'm going to be dead. Remember, <laughs> remember the age difference here. I'm, I'm gone. By the time you're 70, if, if I'm alive, just push me off a cliff. Because my poor <laughs> wife would have to deal with me at 80-something. So hey, man, That's another 35 years of dealing with you. I can't believe oh, she put up with you for this shit. long. Yeah, no, it, it would be, I mean, listen, already I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, uh, repeat myself a lot more. Um, you know, it's, it's not pretty. How old are you now? Mid thirties? 35. 35. Right I, guess, I guess mid thirties. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, um, and I mean this sincerely, like I, I'm not, we, we don't want to get heavy in this podcast cause that's not you and I, but, um, uh, you're as good as there is in the business. For anybody listening, for anybody watching, uh, I, I know it's a tough time and, and not a lot of people are hiring today, uh, but you'll find something. You know that. Uh, you work as hard as anybody uh, that's been in this business since I've gotten in, and, and I've been in it for a long time. Um, a very long you know, time. You know your shit. You know the game. Uh, you can write. You're not shitty on TV. You're not as good as, as me because I'm, I'm terrific. Uh, Actually, I'm really shitty. I, I realize that now. I realize how shitty I am when I watch my daughter. And she's already yeah, better than She's me. really good. She, she's really good at it. And you're just kind of, you're there. I'm mediocre. You, 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 when she becomes famous, you're going to be a great agent for her. Yeah, I'm already trying. I mean, that, that's the one thing you realize. And your kids are, are young right now. But it's the one thing you realize as your kids get older and, and hit 16, for instance. And you realize, like, I, we only have one. She's going to be gone in two years. And it's like, you would, you know, you would do anything for your kids all along, but it's different when it, when it hits you that, oh my God, in like two years, she's going to be gone and she might not come back. Like that's it. 
So the time just becomes so much more valuable at this point that, you know, doing things last night, and I'm sure it's not hitting her at all. But for me, you know, we did a uh, Instagram live deal with Trendon Wadford, uh, who decided, and we'll, we'll get into this in a minute, uh, I thought was one of the bigger decisions uh, going back to LSU because I, I thought he was gone, to be honest. And uh, so we did this Instagram live thing. And I'm just sitting there, like, thinking in the middle of it, like, how cool this is for me to be able to do this with her. And, and again, a girl that was never into sports uh, until about a year ago. And, and people are like, well, she's following in your footsteps. I, I don't think she is. I mean, we'll see. Maybe she will. Maybe she won't. Uh, but for now, all I'm looking at it is time to bond with her and, and time to be able to spend with her. Um, because, again, I didn't really have it for the first 15 years with sports. Like, she would go to games. I remember we brought her to, like, a Red Sox game when she was young. And literally, she sat in the, in the, in the grandstands and – her and my niece played cards the entire game. Now, I don't blame them because baseball is boring and shit to me now. Um, but, but like, they didn't watch one second of that game. And a lot of the basketball games I brought her to, she likes the environment, the atmosphere, all of that. But she's never really taken an interest in the actual sport. And, and that's really changed now where um, legitimately she will just sit there and watch the entire NBA game, an entire NHL game. Um, so, again, th- that part – has been uh, has been super cool for me uh, to be able to spend that time as she as she gets older and you just again you realize you know you don't get that now your kids are, are are small and right now you're probably more like you know get older right like you you want them to get older so they can do some things on their own because your life right now and and we can go into this right now your life not just the unemployment part of it is not easy is it well. So here's the thing, right? Like we're, we're still not sending our kids back to school yet. We haven't decided if we're going to send them back to school or back to daycare in the fall. Like we're kind of. They're how old, Rob? How old? My son is four. My daughter is uh, 17 months old. So um, we're, we're kind of in that, that period where we're trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, my wife has been like when she works, she has to work, like be on calls from basically nine to four. And uh, when I was working, I, what I did was basically I could do it at any time, right? I, I don't have to be on a phone call at that certain time. I don't have to start producing content. I don't have to write at a certain time. So I was watching the kids during the day and taking care of them during the day and then would work it in the morning or work late at night. And we would kind of switch off that way. Uh, but a week ago, my wife went for a run and there was a storm drain that was not completely flat with the road. But there had just been a storm the night before, so all of the dirt had kind of pushed up against the storm drain. So she stepped on the edge of the storm drain because the sand was the same color as the storm drain, didn't realize there was a lip, dirt gave out, rolls her ankle over, she breaks her fibia. So, uh, yeah, I've been dealing with having two kids running around the house and a wife who is now – we actually got her a scooter. So now she's like (laughs) – She's got a scooter? Yeah, I took that thing out for, uh, for a spin, and it's actually really fun. You know, there's uh, less than zero chance that I'm going to have a few uh, IPAs at some point and then start riding the thing around the neighborhood and crashing it and breaking it. So we'll see. So you bought a scooter. You bought it or you rented? Uh, we're, we're borrowing it from a friend, but we got had we got we got her a scooter. So now she's uh, moving around the neighborhood and, and getting around the house. And I'm telling you, man, if you if you want to have fun, go out and get yourself one of those little Neil scooters and they go pretty fast. I'll Do tell they? you that. They can take corners too. So I figured that out the hard way last night. How long's her, her, her rehab when she able to actually be able to put weight on it and, and move around? 
uh, another five weeks. So I got a long long time. I had this. Remember two, two summers ago at this time, um, Right about this time, yeah, it was like this, the first game in, in old man's softball, uh, I blew out my knee. Um, and you wore jeans to, uh, to Peach Jam. In, uh, or like a day. Wait, wait, that was like literally, didn't I? Or no, no, I started with shorts. And then you just took off the brace because you didn't want to sit on the side having the brace on because every coach in the country would have made fun of you. Like well, they don't already make fun of as it is. Yeah, they I mean, not only make fun of me, but you got to answer the same question over and over and over. So I think – what did I end up wearing? I think I ended up wearing sweatpants to the gym every day. And, and it's cold, I, so you got away with it. It's cold. I think, yeah, I think I ended up doing that. But I remember walking around Augusta at night without the brace on, and they they told me to to bring a cane. They told me either either wear a brace. Oh yes, that's what it was. Yes, it was the cane. I brought the cane to the airport. Literally brought the cane to the airport. Logan saw one assistant coach and was like, "All right, I'm done. I can't. I cannot. I'm not. I'm not using a cane. I will get crucified by everybody." So, but man, that was. uh, My my, I'll tell you what. My knee still isn't right. Like most days, is pretty good, but it's still not right because I I think I just honestly I think I. I really I'm went to the, old, Jeff. It's called getting old. It is. It is called getting old. No doubt about that. No doubt. Uh, all right. Let, let's let's move on. Now that we figured out uh, what you can do uh, in your your post uh, journalism career life, uh, which is run a food truck. Um, uh, <laughs> but but let, let's. That, huh? What if I pulled up to uh, to Peach Jam in, in like a barbecue truck selling craft beers? No, I you really should. You'd kill it. Out of money. Well, Paris would support you by himself. Yeah, probably. I just have to make sure I get Belvedere vodka or something, or New Amsterdam. That's his thing. I mean, imagine. Yeah, lots imagine of if you, I think you should do it. I wonder if you could. You probably need need a need some sort of license to do it out there. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know if you could just drive around selling beer out of a truck either. I don't know if that's necessary. You think there'll be a Peach Jam next year? I don't. I don't know if there's ever going to be sports ever again. Seriously, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like this AAU events. I mean, there are like. Like I think Dinos ran one in Indianapolis. I heard like a few weeks ago. He he you know he loves making money. So there was one in Atlanta over the weekend. I know Mikey so, Williams was there. It was at the Hoop Scene facility. Yeah. So I mean, I guess there's some stuff there. But um, all right, listen. The deadline was yesterday for uh, college players to withdraw from the NBA draft. At least the NCAA deadline was yesterday to retain their college eligibility. Um, it, it was interesting. I mean, I don't think it was like crazy uh, eventful, but um, more guys than not decided to go back to school, which I thought was interesting because, you know, so much was made early about, well, is there going to be college basketball? Is there going to be college basketball? And, and that's valid, right? We don't know what it's going to look like this year at all. And um, I suggested pushing the deadline back. Um, and I, I was texting a little bit with Dan Gabbett about that, and it sounded like there was some talk about doing it, but ultimately they decided to keep it uh, as of August 3rd. I just felt like if we're in it for the kids, why not give them as much time as humanly possible? It's not like Fran McCaffrey. If, if Luca Garza leaves, whether it's today or a month from today, he's not going to go out and get a replacement for Luca Garza. And, you know, Eric Musselman's not going to get if, if Isaiah Joe had, had left, which he didn't. He's not going to go out and get somebody that can fill that spot. Uh, there's nobody in the transfer portal. 
There are very few p- players out there. A lot of the players that you would get at this point might be international kids. Well, they can't even get over here, a lot of them. They're going to have trouble getting over here right now because a lot of the embassies are closed. They're reopening. Um, can't fly over from some of the countries. So I, I had suggested pushing it back. But whatever, whatever the case, um, what, what was your biggest surprise? Was was any Did anything shock you? I mean, Trendon Watford, for me, surprised me. I thought he was going to leave LSU and keep his name in for the NBA draft. But I think a lot of these kids, getting back to what I was saying initially, they were scared about the college part of it, yes. But I think they're equally, if not more scared of, is there going to be money for me overseas, number one? And is there even going to be a G League? Like, Because most of the kids that are making the decision yesterday weren't surefire NBA guys. That That's why they were still on the fence. So they're guys that are maybe two ways, um, maybe exhibit nine or whatever that's called. But, you know, they might have been playing in the G League next year. And I'm telling you, I don't know. Is there going to be a G League? Like, why would you, if, if you're Adam Silver, even have a G League? To me, you're going to put all your efforts in and making sure there's an NBA next year, whether it's in the bubble or out of the bubble. Yeah, well, the part of the reason why you would leave, you're someone like an Io Desunmu or a Jared Butler, is generally just because you're betting on yourself, right? It's not because you know that you're locked in and guaranteed to have a six- or seven-figure deal next season. You're saying that I'm going to get to the professional ranks and I'm going to prove that I'm good enough to get some kind of guaranteed contract, whether it is a, in the G League or two-way or with somebody in, like, Spain or France or something like that. But the problem now is we don't know what the European markets are going to look like, first of all. Second of all, when the European teams do their signings, it's basically, like, in the month of August, right? Those seasons are starting up soon because those European countries were not as dumb as we were in America. Like, they didn't have as long of breaks. Uh, And so – you're not going to go sign with the European team when the NBA draft is coming up in October. But if you don't know if you're going to get drafted, do you want to keep your name in the draft? So when it comes down to it, the certainty was that at the very least, you know you're going to have a scholarship, you're going to have a place to stay, you're going to have a place to work out, you're going to have food paid for, you're going to have insurance, you're going to have all of the things that you basically need to function as as an athlete and as a human being if you go back to school and you get your scholarship. So – yeah. Um, I, I think that's where actually the certainty was. Now, we don't know if there's going to be any seasons. Like, There's probably going to be an NBA season. We don't know if there's going to be a, a G League season. We don't know how these two-way contracts are going to actually work. We don't know what it's going to be like overseas. We don't know if there's going to be college season. But what we do know is if these guys go back to school, they will have a place to live. They'll have a way to eat. They won't have to worry about living at home. They'll have a place to work out. It's not like stipend. They got, they got their stipend. A lot of them get their Pell Grant. And, and that's like, I mean, you're talking some of these kids make more money than what the G League players used to make. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. So when, you can, when you can get that and know that you are going to get that, when there is so much uncertainty everywhere else, it, it makes coming back to school something that is much more appealing. Now, um, if there was no pandemic and there was no coronavirus, I don't think that we would see Io, Io Sumo back. I, I don't think we would see Jared Butler back. Like These are the kind of guys that, generally speaking, would get picked either somewhere in the late second round or the kind of guys where their agents say to teams, don't draft us, we'd rather go the free agent route, and then sign like a can't guarantee and try to latch on as a G League or two-way player, kind of bounce around the lower levels of the professional ranks until they prove themselves in an ideal world as someone that's worthy of getting an NBA contract. But that pathway to the professional ranks is not available now. 
So all these guys came back. So if you had to ask me who the biggest winner was in all of this early entry deadline and all of these conversations, it's college basketball. Yeah. I mean, we got Jared Butler made Baylor a top two team. Io DeSumo made, uh, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, Illinois a top 10 team. Chris Smith came back. And I know that they lost Dacian Knicks, but UCLA is going to be like a top 20 team at this point. Yep. Remy yep. Martin came back. Arizona State's going to be a top 25 team. So uh, the biggest thing, the best thing that happened was all of these guys ended up coming back to school. And, and you know, I, I kind of feel bad for them because I'm sure a lot of them wanted to start uh, earning at that level that they could in the NBA. But uh, for college basketball fans, like this, this made it really, really, really exciting for next season. Yeah, and I, I think you mentioned Io. I think he he's the perfect case of like you know if there had been a combine, right? Io would have thought and did think. He told me this, you know, with a combine, you look at at him, right? His athleticism, his game, he tests well. You know, he's going to test well and blow it out of the water at the combine. I think the interviews also in person, it's completely different than over a Zoom call. Um, I I think he would have he would have boosted his stock a little bit. And in his mind, he would have boosted his stock even more um, to where is, again, a lot of these kids come out of a combine and think, well, I, I did so well. Um, I boosted my stock enough. And you're right. I think he probably would have left. And, and now Illinois is looking at uh, a top 10 team. I moved him up from 30 to eight with, with, with Iowa coming back. I know that's a big jump, but I think it's legitimate at this point. Um, who so for me the the best decisions made were Io, Chris Smith, John Petty, Trendon Wadford, all guys like that. Xavier Tillman, I, I thought best decision for him. You you've you've talked to Xavier multiple times, um, done stories on him. He's the father of two young children. Uh, he could go late in the first round. I think he goes somewhere between twenty and forty somewhere in that range at the end of the, I know that's a wide range range right now, but I, listen, he made the best move for him and his family. Yeah. The big thing with him was he needed that security. Like that's what his decision came down to. Michigan state had him hooked up, right? Like he had an apartment there. He had a place to, to, for his kids to stay. Um, they were giving him on top of everything else that you were mentioning. Uh, he was also getting a check for $1,200 a month from the university as a father, as a student, that's a father, with children that are living with him. So on top of everything else, that's like an extra 14 grand that he's getting coming in. He doesn't have to pay for housing. He doesn't have to pay for food. He told me that what he would do is whenever they would have team meals, he would take his meal, take all of the leftovers, whatever the, the like buffet style stuff they have is bring it home and have dinner with his family. (laughs) So as long as he, he needed that guarantee that he would have a place in the NBA. And now I personally think that he's going to be like one of the best rookies next year because I think he can impact right away if you ask me like what job can he do in the NBA he can be a defensive menace yep. he's the kind of guy that can switch uh, onto ball screens he's six foot eight and 245 pounds he's a really good playmaker like the the whole kind of short roll ball screen type thing the stuff that Bam Adebayo has been really good at when, when he's kind of made this leap is the stuff that Xavier Tillman thrives with, but he's also really, really smart. He's really, really, really tough. And he carries himself as a professional. Like I think he's going to slot right in and be like a seventh or eighth man on a really good team that is going to help that team win. You know, the thing is, he doesn't have upside. Like I think Jalen Smith and Daniel Lutero and Zeke Naji, all these guys are, sure. are more likely to be all-stars, but Xavier, so it's like, 
drafting Fred VanVleet, right? You just kind of know that you're going to get a guy that's going to hang around for 10 or 12 years in the NBA and do a job. And I think that's what Xavier Tillman is. Maybe that's not what teams want to draft in the first round. Like you want to kind of swing for the fences and hope that you have four years of Pascal Siakam, where in his fourth season as an all-star, he's making $2 million a year. But when it comes to Xavier Tillman, like he's just, he's going to be able to do a job. So I think what he needed was to hear from NBA teams. Someone gave him a guarantee or something like that, or someone, but he got enough information to feel confident that he will have a guarantee. All he had to do these days, if you get in the top 45, you're going to get a guaranteed contract. And that's going to be a whole lot more than the $1,200 or whatever it was uh, a month that, that yeah. you know, he's getting yeah. from Michigan State for being a father. So, you know, if you're Xavier Tillman, you look at, all right, 1200 a month, um, 500 grand guaranteed. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm taking care of my family. Uh, I can come back and, and finish my degree. Like my take on all those, not his degree. He's got it. He could have. I was told he could have walked in. He could have walked already. There's some things that he has. So then to it's a no-brainer. Can the Guinness Book of Records give 2020's world greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring even more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people, and they do it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it quickly. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash good. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash good. Terms and conditions apply. The offer is valid through September 30th. Complete yeah, no-brainer. Not a go. Now, here's my question, and, and we'll get to the worst decisions here in a minute. So, August 3rd was the NCAA deadline. August 17th is the NBA deadline, two weeks. Yep. How many guys do you think are going to put their name in for that August 17th deadline that we're going to be like, ooh, man, like I didn't see that coming? Like I asked Scotty Lewis this a month ago. Uh, when I did a podcast with with him and Nick Sherrod and, and Luca Garza uh, on racism, I said, "What what are the odds? Are you are you thinking about this? Because now you have the ability until August seventeenth to put your name in for the NBA draft. Uh, at that point, remember, you know you had the deadline for uh, NCAA had come and gone, so nobody thought that that they had any more time. But uh, how many guys do you think we'll we'll see pop up here? Um, you know, on August sixteenth or and seventeenth. I think there might be a couple just because it's an option that's still available, but I, I don't know what changes in the next two weeks that will make these kids change their mind. Right. Because no, I think it's the kids that, that didn't put their name in initially that are now remember when they had to put their name in initially at that point for the deadline, it didn't look so bleak for college basketball right now. Now it, it looks a little better today. I think than it did maybe three weeks ago. But this shit changed. It's it's changed. the mindset has changed a lot, 
And I think as we get closer, August 17th, we still won't know whether college football games have gone off or not. And, and that was my whole take is like, let's let these kids see if there's going to be college football in late August or not. Because if there's not, the, the odds aren't great that there's going to be college basketball. Now, maybe college football will get pushed off uh, to the second semester, which I, I thought all along that that might be the right play. Uh, but I, I think there'll be a couple guys that uh, when the deadline, uh, you know, passed months ago, felt a lot better about college basketball being played this year than they do right now. And But here's the thing about that, and to your point, is that the, the August 17th deadline is the NBA's deadline. Right. So if the NBA gets to a point and they hear enough feedback that there's guys that uh, want to come back in the draft, like they can always change that deadline. Like that, Yeah, they won't. I don't they, think they'll push it. I think they'll uh-huh. stick it where it is. Now, again, yeah. Luca Garza, I asked him, I said, hey, are you, are you going to take these two weeks? Like, are you still – he said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm definitely going back to Iowa at this point. And that's all good and everything. But let's face it, if uh, – let's say we're in mid-September – right? Mid-September, they haven't played college football. Um, Luca Garza could still go overseas. I yeah, mean, he's still got that option. Like, Luca can make a lot of money playing overseas because, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has the Bosnian passport, right? Yeah, yeah I think he can make – right, right. So some of these kids, you know, Eves Pons, right? Eves Pons can make money uh, going overseas if he wants. Now, he decided to come back to Tennessee. You know what's funny about him is I think that he makes so much more sense as an NBA player than as a guy that, that is going to play in Europe. Like, if you put East Ponds on the Timberwolves and let him play as a defensive presence next to Carl Anthony Towns, like, that's a perfect fit for him. He can start there. I don't think that he will be as good as Brandon Clark is, but imagine the role that Brandon Clark is playing for Memphis, maybe just on a little bit of a smaller scale. Like, he's not going to be as good offensively as what Brandon Clark has turned into. But how many people right now that, that were one of those top 20 picks last year are sitting there saying, hey, you know what? Maybe we should have listened to everyone that said Brandon Clark was one of the best players in all of college basketball. Because he's been pretty damn good. Yeah, like he could be like a, an Andre Roberson, Roberson yes. type player. Like that, that, that could be his role, which, again, on the right team is, is – abs- I mean, he can play on any team. But on the right team where you got four other scorers on the court with him, um, he could be absolutely terrific. All right. The, the I want to talk about sneaky, important returns, by the way. Yeah. Eves Ponds back to Tennessee, I think, makes them a top 10 team. I think they're the favorite to win the, the SEC this season. For we'll a get on to the top 50 in, or top 25 in a little bit. Let's finish okay. with, with, with the worst decisions, the most baffling, uh, the worst decisions. By the way, were you up till midnight um, because you wanted to um, find out what was going on with Cal Baptist? Milan Aquawa or whatever the hell his name is. If if there's an employer listening right now, yes, that's exactly why I was up. <laughs> no other reason. It had nothing to do with trying to sweat out my 16 parlay that I had going last night. It had nothing. What to do with that. You got a free parlay? Somebody. So, what, what yeah. is this? DraftKings or something? So, well, uh, I'm not going to say who it is until they start paying me because yeah. you don't give it away for free. It's really worked for you so far. Let me tell you. (laughs) Right. Right. So there was a, I I made a bet. Um, I had a a free bet in the app that, um, that I used to to gamble on. And I was just kind of like, Hey, you know what? Let's just throw it on like six money line favorites and see what happens. It ended up being like seven and a half to one. It was a $50 free bet and all of them hit. Uh, The twins had a walk off last night in the bottom of the ninth. The Lakers made a, a run in the fourth quarter and shake Milton, American hero, Shake Milton, hit a game-winning three. So the Joel Embiid liked them. 
Joel yes. Eichmann for last night. So I, I won, I won like 300 bucks. So, you know, it's not, yeah. not much, but Hey, it's nice. You know, pay for gambling your gods, the gambling gods have a soul, believe yeah, it or not. They do. They, do. They, do. <laughs> they, they absolutely do. Um, all right. My worst decision. Like it's an easy one for me. Like not even close. The worst decision made uh, EJ Montgomery of Kentucky. Like what, what the hell are you doing leaving EJ? Like, like you're not in the top 150. I mean, he wasn't invited to the combine, whatever this combine is. 105 players and he wasn't invited to the combine. Right, I mean, like, Out of Kentucky, that's that's. A they don't have a big man. Like that's how. Oh, it was just. It, it's maddening for 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 because again, it's not like EJ Montgomery has his degree. He, he's not. He's leaving without his degree, and he could have played 30 minutes a game at Kentucky and maybe played himself into the second round like Nick Richards has done uh, the last year. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what the goal would have been for him, right? To come back and, and kind of have that kind of uh, junior season. And if Nick Richard had, had gone after his sophomore year, he wouldn't have gotten drafted. No. We'd be having this exact same conversation. Yep. But he went after his junior year, and now, like, he's probably going to get picked. How do you not watch him? You played with him. He's your teammate. All you got to do is talk to Nick Richards and figure this thing out. Like, oh, my God. It just – that one that one really frustrates me. I'll give you a couple more that frustrate me. Um, and these are easy ones. A kid, Nevin Hart at Fresno. Like, what are you doing? Go back to school. Now, again, some of these kids were judging. We don't know if, if they just – I mean, I didn't like school. I didn't like the, the academic part. Um, I didn't go to many classes at Arizona, but I I get it. Some of these kids just aren't cut out for school. So I I hate judging them in that respect. Um, Nate Hinton at at Houston would have loved to have seen him come back. I think Houston could have been really, really good. Here's one that selfishly I would have liked to have seen come back. And and I actually think he's an NBA player though. So I hope he gets the opportunity. Najee Marshall at Xavier, Mm -hmm. you know, like get your degree, get your degree. He's an absolute killer. Work on your perimeter shot a little bit more so that when you come out, like I think he's got some like Jalen Brown to his game. Um, but again, like you got to do a little bit more, get that perimeter shot, be more of a lockdown, you know, be a really good defender. Uh, and then I think you, you stick in the NBA right now. You're rolling the dice. Yeah. The other worst decision I think was Khalil Whitney from Kentucky. I had him written down in January, but I don't, after the year that you had as a freshman, like I, you're, it's not going to happen for you. Like, and and the frustrating thing about that is is one, I don't know how much of the decision actually was the kids in that situation. And we don't have to go down that road if you want, but it seems like he was kind of uh, forced in a way that maybe wasn't the best for him uh, personally. Well, and I do part think of the problem that, the people around these kids, like that, you're absolutely right. Is you 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 need good people around you. You need to listen to the right people. What the hell are you doing transferring after a semester? And then when you transfer, uh, when you bail, you, you don't even go to class. So you, you don't even I mean, have an option. It's one thing to transfer after a semester. Like if you're, if you're at a place and you just don't like it, let's say that while Coach Cow was recruiting Khalil Whitney, he acted one way. Then he gets sure. on campus, sure. he acts a completely different way. He doesn't like being kind of the, the spectacle and the spotlight living in the fish bubble that you have to live. Uh, I mean, you're a celebrity basically in Lexington. Maybe he doesn't like that. Maybe it's just the wrong fit for him. If you realize it's the wrong fit and you want to get out of there after a semester, like that's, that's fine. There's, there's there, the, people make decisions they regret. If you want to change it immediately, go ahead and change it, whatever. Okay. Things like that happen. 
But to make the decision when you know you're not going to be drafted and you know that you have such a long way to go before you're an actual pro to, to not just transfer and find another play. Like there were plenty of high major programs that have produced professional basketball players that would have taken Khalil Whitney in a heartbeat like heartbeat. this. Yeah. And it's, it's not going to happen. He's going pro. And, and I don't, I, I kind of feel like this is going to be a situation where we just never hear from him again. And in 10 years when we're like, Hey, remember uh, the 2019 recruiting class? What happened to Khalil Whitney? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, McCurr maker. Do you think he actually ends up at Howard? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I don't trust Ed Smith. I've been out there publicly saying it. He was the one who told me uh, years ago and I asked him explicitly, I said, is Thon maker going to college? And he said, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I made him repeat it. I probably have it still on audio somewhere. Um, well, Thon maker didn't go to college and, and he was a lottery pick. So like, all the power to him, he, he made Thon that money, and I'm sure Ed's got a lot of that money in his own pocket. Um, but now he, he's got uh, Thon's cousin, and he's going to Howard, um, allegedly. Uh, I, I want to see it to believe it. I want to see it to believe it. And, and I know uh, they've said he's, he's withdrawing, uh, but he's still got those two extra weeks. And, again, you can leave. He could show up at Howard. Um, you know, and still leave and go overseas this year. So I, I just – I want to see him play in a Howard uniform before I actually believe it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. As soon as I see him walking out the tunnel at Howard's gym with yep. the Howard University jersey on and in the layup lines, I think that's when I'll believe that he's going to play for him. Uh, the, the biggest thing, though, is where's he going to go? You know, I, I don't think he's a guy – Thawne Maker was a very obvious first-round potential kind of a player. And, and I think that – if I'm remembering correctly, he went 10th to the Bucks, and everyone was kind of like, why are you taking them 10th? He could have gotten them at 25th yeah. or whatever. Um, but, I, like, McCore Maker is not that guy, which, by the way, we need to call him Baby Maker. I think that that is the name that uh, that, that should stick the nickname for right, him. Yeah. So I'm going to refer to him from here on forth as Baby Maker. So uh, if Baby Maker, um, if he goes pro, like, he's kind of like Khalil Whitney. I don't I don't see him getting drafted. You know, no, he's he, not like this sure flyer uh, first-round pick. I want to like, see him – desperately at Howard. I think it would be great for, for the awesome. HBCUs, great for Kenny Blakeney. Uh, the interest in the HBCUs would be awesome. Um, again, I just don't trust Ed Smith. Ultimately, I just don't trust him. And, oh, by the way, the company um, that that signed uh, Thonmaker, uh, owned by Mike George, also just signed uh, Nate Darlin of, of Delaware. So to add more uh, question marks, like – what the hell, Delaware is Nate Darling? What? Why are you leaving? That that might be number one. That that might be ahead of uh, EJ Montgomery and Khalil Whitney. Why are you leaving if you're Nate Darling? Yeah, I mean that one was a little bit of a head scratcher, but it's also maybe he just I don't know. He got sick of all the fanboying that Jeff Borzello does on Twitter about the University of Delaware, and uh, if you don't want to be associated with Borzello, like I kind of understand. Yeah, that's a good point. That, Transfer though. Yeah, Transfer. the the one that the one that. I don't know if like disappointed me is the right way to say it because I like, I, I want the best for the kid, but Tyshawn Alexander, again, I really wanted to see him come back because that would have been a top five team. And they play a style that is just so unbelievably entertaining where they get up and down the floor. They might've, they, they probably would have had the best backcourt in the sport with Tyshawn Alexander, your boy, Marcus Zagorowski and, uh, and, and Mitchell Ballard. Like that would have been a lot of fun to watch them have another go at it. And, 
Uh, that would have been guys a- this year. They got Epperson's healthy, and they got the the seven foot freshman, what Kalkbrenner uh, coming in. So Damian yeah, Jefferson's a player. Denzel Mahoney's a player. Like they would have had a really, really, really good team. And it, 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 unlike past seasons where they just kind of spread the floor and shot, and they had to make fifteen threes to be able to beat good teams, they actually would have had guys that could have guarded. They would have had some size. They would have had some lineup versatility. They would have been able to go and, and give you different looks. So I I was really hoping that he would end up coming back. I, I don't think Tyson Alexander is going to get drafted. I think he's the kind of guy where uh, he would have landed on, like, one of these two-way rosters, and he's probably looking at, like, a, a G League at best contract. So I hope it all works out for him. Um, but, you know, I was I was kind of I – was, I was sad by that. I don't want to say it was the wrong decision because I don't like – you know, as long as you are making an informed decision as one of these players and, and you know what you're getting into if you go pro – and you still want to bet on yourself, like, go for it. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. Um, I was just – I was sad because I wanted to – I think I thought it would have been really good for college basketball. But, you know, all, all the best to him. I hope he makes it. Hey, Rob, why do you hate Wisconsin? <laughs> why do you hate him? I mean, you you hate the Badgers. Like, let, let's be honest here. Like, there's a level of hatred um, that you have no respect for this Wisconsin team that uh, I have number six in the country. I actually swapped them this morning. Move Kansas to five and Wisconsin at six. Uh, but they return everything, absolutely everything from last year's team, which, oh, by the way, finished uh, tied for first in the Big Ten for the, the regular season title. Um, why? why? What's your problem with them? I, I mean, I don't have a problem with them. I just kind of think that they're – I have them 12th in the country. I, like, I, I don't think that they're bad. I think that they're really good. I'm saying they're going to be a top three seed. I'm saying that they can go out and win the Big Ten. I'm saying that that's a team that can get to a Final Four by having a number 12. It's just if you look at all of the other teams in front of them, everyone else has, like, upside. We kind of know what Wisconsin is, right? And 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 we know who Brad Davison is, and we know who Nate Reavers is, and we know what Demetrius Trice is, and we know who they are. Where Where are they getting better, right? Where do you see that jump? Who do you see taking the leap next year that hasn't already made that leap? So we know that they're good enough to go 14-6 and six in the Big Ten. What we don't know with these other teams is what happens with Luca Garza back, Jack Nunn, Chelsea. I don't even know if I said his, his name right, but Joe Toussaint at the point. Uh, I think he's a guy that could take a leap. So you can see where the improvement comes with a program like in Iowa. You can see where Ayuda Sumu coming back and Kofi Coburn coming back. You can see where that team – that Illinois team can take a jump because I think Iowa still has so much room to improve. What happens if he finally figures out how to shoot? Right. So for me, it's very easy to look at these other teams, to think about what they can be if all of these things happen and rank them accordingly. Now uh, with Wisconsin, like I think about what they can be and it's just kind of like what they are. So I'm a little bit lower on them than consensus, I guess, because maybe I think about uh, the upside for all of these teams, but I mean, I have them 12. I don't understand why Wisconsin fans think I hate them. I wrote a bad I, – I missed on a column. I said that, that when Brad Davidson got suspended for punching a dude in the nuts and Kobe King transferred and there were rumors that other guys on that program were going to transfer right after him, that I said that this program, you know, it's in a tough spot. No, it's no, no. You, point. You, I said they're in disarray. Disarray. At the, at the moment, they were in disarray. But you know what? Here's the thing, and this is the truth, and I really, really, really do believe this. Greg Gard needs to give me the credit for turning that team around. Oh, here we go. I don't write that column. He doesn't motivate his team. No one in that locker room gets pissed off. No one wants to prove me wrong. So Wisconsin fans, I won the Big Ten for you. 
You're welcome. You know what Greg should do? Greg should hire Rob. Hashtag hire Rob. Hire Rob. Hire Rob. The the funny he, thing is, like, when, you could be his he, psychiatrist. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if I'd be good for that job. Oh, you need your own is, like, when when I tweeted out that that I had been laid off, I had a bunch of Wisconsin fans be like, "Ah, oh, NBC must have gotten rid of you for this column." I was like, "If you think that's why they got rid of me, that column was like my third uh, most trafficked uh, thing that I wrote last year." Like NBC loved it. They don't care whether or not. Right, right. They just want to Look at all this traffic we're getting from these angry Wisconsin fans. Good job, Rob. Keep it up. That's not why I got laid off. Oh, man. So there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports, they're making its way back. Uh, we've seen it. UFC, NASCAR, soccer, uh, they started it. Uh, NBA, obviously, going on now and uh, going on full throttle. Uh, Bet Online has all the best lines, the best odds for all the upcoming matches. Uh, they've got NBA Futures, uh, Lakers plus 240 right now, Clippers plus 300, Bucks plus 325. Those are the three favorites. Uh, but the Rockets looking uh, intriguing, plus 1,200. Not bad for your money. I'd take a shot on uh, the Harden, Westbrook, P.J. Tucker trio there. Uh, need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. They have like every prop you would want anywhere. Uh, so visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device uh, to join now, receive your new welcome bonus, and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, I have Baylor number one. I've had him number one from the day the season ended uh, and have not deviated. Haven't had to because Jared Butler and Macy O.T. came back and nobody transferred. And, um, you know, top three to me are clear cut. What, however, however you want to put them, um, to me, Baylor, Villanova, Gonzaga have to be your one, two, three. I, I don't know how you can make a case. I guess you could try to say Iowa because Gars is back and he's – the national player of the year favorite and my national player of the year last season, but they, they've still got a lot to prove in terms of defensively. And um, who, do you have any problem with me putting Baylor at one or no? None. I have Villanova number one, but I think you're exactly right. You can have any of Villanova, Baylor and Gonzaga, whatever order you want at the top three, as long as you have them in the top three, I, I think that you have a pretty strong argument for um, all of them. I went for Villanova because uh, one, I just I like betting on Jay Wright. I, I, you know, I think that he's if he wins a title this year, I, I don't think that this gets talked about enough. He'll have won three of the last five national titles. I know it takes place over six years, but three out of five national titles. Like, has anyone done that since John Wooden? I don't think that they have. So, um, Jay Wright at that level again is is just something that I want to bet on. I think Colin Gillespie. I know you hate him, Goodman. He might be uh, you and Fran Frasilla killing me about that. You know, just because I said he wasn't a top ten point guard last season, which I still think he was right on the verge. Well, here's the thing: he was a top ten point guard by the end of last season. Not in November. You said that in like November, and he was just kind of like still whatever Colin Gillespie. And then it turns out like, oh, you know what? He made that leap last year. He got better. That's right. So. Um, you were you were right at the time, but you're wrong when we were looking back at it. It makes sense. But you give me Colin Gillespie, right? You give me Caleb Daniels, the transfer from Tulane, who I've heard is, is really, really good. Brian Antoine is back. Justin Moore might be the most underrated freshman in all of college basketball last season. He's back. 
Jeremiah Robinson Earl is back. Jermaine Samuels is back. You take all of those pieces that, you know, the thing about Jay Wright is when he builds his programs, if he gets some continuity and he has guys hanging around for a couple of years, like that's when they get really, really good. Cause it takes a while to kind of pick up uh, everything that you're supposed to do within that Wisconsin system and that Wisconsin offense. So I'm going to bet on them, but like the, system and offense, you said Wisconsin, Wisconsin's on your brain today. Yeah, too much Wisconsin on my brain. Villanova, you guys know what I meant. But so with Baylor, the only thing that concerns me is that uh, I'm not sure which Tristan Clark we're going to get. He was their best player for the first half of the 2018-19. But they didn't have him last year. He wasn't even there. No, but they had Freddie Gillespie, and Freddie Gillespie turned into like a double-double guy. So you lose Freddie, and now Tristan Clark, it's his time to step up. If he's the guy that we saw in 2018 – then like Baylor, you might end up being right. They're the best team. They win the national title. If he's not, then they might be the third best team in the country. But like I, like I said, I, I just we're, – we're picking nits at this point. Like Baylor's going to be awesome. They're going to be yeah, really, they're, really good. They're going to be good. Gonzaga's going to be good. Um, the, the ones that, that I've gotten a lot of backlash on, I guess, in, in my top 50, um, I have Richmond at 14. I have Arizona, hot, but they're going to be really, really, really good. Right, I mean, St. Louis man, everybody back. They're going to be really good, and they're all like red shirt seniors. Like they're not, they're not even like regular seniors. All these guys are like twenty three years old. So I, I don't know. I, I, I like them. Arizona State, I have at thirteen, might be a little high. Um, that's, that's a little high too. But I mean, they're they're a top twenty five team. You know, and, and the one that I get crushed on, and I'm gonna, they're gonna end up falling one more spot. So their fans are going to be even more upset at me because they're all the way down to 24, maybe. Um, Well, maybe I won't put – I'm not sure I'm going to jump LSU ahead of them, but uh, is Kentucky. Um, I got them all the way down to like 23, 24 in that range just because, again, if they were to play a game today, who's their big man? They don't have – Olivier Saar is not eligible today. The moment he becomes eligible – he, they move up 10, 15 spots. He's that important to them. Um, right now, they don't have a big man um, that I think could impact the game early. They struggle anyway. And, and my, my whole thing on Kentucky has been, all right, they're young. They don't have a big man today. And, oh, by the way, uh, those freshman-laden teams this year are going to be hurt more than ever because they're not able to do jack shit right now in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. They're doing minimal – I mean – Honestly, you've talked to some of these coaches. What are they doing? A lot of them are rolling the ball out there and, and literally just doing shooting drills for the last couple of weeks uh, since they've been able to actually work with them uh, since July 20th. Um, some are doing a little bit more, and I think it's ludicrous, to be honest, for some of these coaches to start doing like five-on-five stuff at this point when you don't know what these kids have been doing all summer. You're just asking for injuries, and the other part is, if the season doesn't start until January, you got to pace yourself right now. So to me, um, I think teams like Kentucky, other teams that are completely uh, new, I actually think a team like Arkansas could be hurt by this because they've got a lot of freshmen and a lot of transfers, a lot of guys that are trying to figure out chemistry, things of that nature, and, and it's just harder to do it right now. Yeah, and the other big thing with Kentucky is that I think you can kind of get past – some of those freshman issues, if you have a strong presence at the point, a strong veteran presence. And I like to ask you a lot. I'm a huge ask you yeah. fan. 
but he's also a freshman. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he w- he reclassified, right? So he's he's yep. young. So um, I I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have. If you were that confident in him, if you're Kentucky, are you going out and taking a guy off of Creighton's bench and asking him to transfer into your program, right? So that's that's a little bit of a red flag to me. Um, so my even if they get Olivier Saar, and I don't know if they're going to like I. I know that the Kentucky coaches feel pretty confident about it. At least they're saying they feel confident about it. Nobody so knows. They have to have a reason. Like, right. has anyone ever gotten a waiver? There have been players that have gotten waivers to be immediately eligible after a coach was left off or was was let go and was fired. It's happened afterwards, but there's been mitigating circumstances sure. and reasons beyond just the coach. That's what people don't realize. Coaching change is not a way to get a waiver. There's got to be something else there, right? Like Cleveland State uh, last year with Dennis Felton, um, some things happened within that program. Uh, With Wake, obviously you can't use like toxic environment. Danny Manning's like the nicest human being on the face of the planet. So and Star came out and said on the record to I think it was ESPN like I'm going to Kentucky to to boost my draft stock or because I think it's a better fit for me as a basketball player and if I don't get a waiver I'm going to go pro I'm I'm paraphrasing now, basically what his quotes were I think they were using the fact that um, Manning like like right wasn't it that he didn't have enough time to decide mm-hmm. whether he could go pro or not after Manning got fired that that. that too much happened too quickly. Well, now the new deadline is August 17th. So you can't use that as an excuse now. Um, I, again, I think so many people are going to use – we've seen it so far. Most of the, the waivers that have, that have occurred have been runoffs, 95% of them. And I'll explain it for those listening. Most people probably understand it at this point. But if, if a team, uh, if a coach says, hey, listen, uh, you're not really going to play next year, um, he transfers somewhere else. As long as that coach signs off on it, um, then it, it can be a runoff waiver and the NCAA just rubber stamps it. Okay, you're eligible this year because the previous coaching staff said, we didn't want you. So you're automatically eligible. That's 95% of them. You're going to have a bunch of them now that are obviously COVID-related. Um, I have not heard of too many yet that have been eligible. I'm not sure I've heard of any, you know, people look at Johnny Juzang uh, going from Kentucky to UCLA. I believe there were some other circumstances there. It wasn't a straight COVID deal to be able to go back home um, and and play at UCLA and be eligible right away. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think one component I've heard about is the financial component. If it affects you financially um, as it relates to COVID, uh, and, and maybe you need to get closer to home or it, it's better for a job for your family or something to that effect, I, I think then you might be able to get a waiver. But um, I, I just – I don't know if Olivier Sarr is going to get it. I don't think anybody knows if Olivier Sarr is going to get it. Uh, I'm sure there will be pressure put on, um, you know, put on on the NCAA for all these cases. But I, your guess is as good as mine with these. Yeah, and, and just to clarify, I hope he does get it because I think that all players should be able to transfer without having to sit out. So um, I, I hope he does, but we're not dealing with hope. We're dealing with the realities of the rules of the NCAA, which, you know, not always the best. Who, who else in your top 25? I, I haven't seen your, your latest right now. Uh, 
anything that, that kind of stands out to you? I have Virginia at four. I don't know where you have Virginia, but you you give me the Tony Bennett defense and you give me Sam Hauser, who I think is going to be a first-team All-American this year. That that might be my hottest take, is that Sam Hauser is going to be a first-team All-American for a top-five Virginia team. So That's not bad. I mean, listen, the, the, the All-Americans that you and I are going to agree on, obviously, like Garza's got to be on there. Mm-hmm. We're both going to have Zagorowski on there, aren't we? Uh, I have him second team, but yes. Who's your first-team point guard? Uh, I have Jared Butler, Io Desunmu, Cade Cunningham, Sam Hauser, and Luca Garza. I mean, Cade, Cade honestly might be my co-player of the year with Garza. So I thought about that. It's got to be one of the two. Um, but if you go back and you look through the last 15 years of guys that have been the national player of the year, the only guy that has been less than a four seed entering the NCAA tournament was Andrew Bogut, and that was Kevin Durant. Doug McDermott got it as a three seed. And Jimmer Fredette got it as a three seed. So unless you have a year as good as Doug McDermott, Kevin Durant, or Jimmer Fredette, you have to be a top two seed. And by the way, those three dudes could do what? Shoot Shoot the shit out of it. That's not Cade. Cade is not that. So I'm with you. Listen, the easy pick, and, like, if you're not picking Luka Garza to win national player of the year, aren't you just trying to be different? I mean, I, I, you can justify Cade Cunningham because I think he'll be the best player in college basketball, but the best and the national player of the year, like to me, the best is who you would pick first if you're starting a team. If you're going to say the national player of the year, you're projecting who you think the most accomplished player will be. And to me, winning goes hand in hand with being a quote unquote accomplished basketball. Yep. And if we have Iowa in the top 10 and nobody has Oklahoma state in the top 25, I, I just, I think you have to go Luca Garza. And then if it ends up being Cade Cunningham, like you're not going to be wrong. We all know how good he is. It's just I don't think that you can project them to be good enough where he's the national player of the year. Can I can I give you a a, a guy, a hot take on somebody that I'm I'm debating about? Give it to me. I am debating whether to put Marcus Garrett on my first team all American. I thought about him. He was he was one of the guys on my list. Uh, I don't defender. Like, the best defender maybe in college basketball this year, we would agree, wouldn't we? And, oh, yep. by the way, he's going to play the point full-time at Kansas. Yep. So, by default, isn't Marcus Garrett going to have to average 14 points and five assists going along with being the best defender in the country? Wouldn't that be worthy of being first-team All-American if he does that? Yeah, but my concern is, like, he's going to have to play the point, right? But that doesn't automatically mean he's going to be good at it. So, that I, I get what you're saying. And I don't necessarily disagree, but I kind of want to see him handle the – He was the good, though. Life. He was better than I thought when Dotson was off the court yes. last year. He was – I thought it was going to be a train wreck. And I actually think he was really good in, in shorter spurts. Now, again, my take is I trust Bill Self as, a, as an X's and O guy, as a coach. I think he's one of the best. I don't think he gets enough credit uh, for his coaching. Now, what's going to go on at Kansas this year? We don't even know. I mean, that's the hard part of all. Or are you still going to have Marcus Garrett as a first team All American? Right. I mean, that that's the hard part. I, I think we we just don't know the timeline on any of this. And, you want my hottest take for an All American? Yeah, go ahead. I, I have him third team, but this I'm I'm this is a huge leap that he's taking. He's going to be my breakout player of the year. Okay. Uh, can you guess? Do you, do you have any guesses? Um, one of my breakout players. I'm just kind of looking, scrolling right now is Terrence Shannon at Texas Tech. I, I like that pick. It's not him. 
your, your, your favorite coach in the country and John Calipari's least favorite coach in the country. Actually, maybe that's not true. Kentucky fans, least favorite coach in the country. Who would that Bruce Pearl? Chris Mack. David Johnson. Oh, I love David. star. Third-team All-American. I think he's going to be an absolute monster this yeah. year. I think he's really good defensively. I think he's going to figure it out shooting uh, because he's, you know, he had the shoulder injury. So I think he's going to put that together. And he's just, to me, an unbelievable passer and an unbelievable point guard. I think he's going to end up playing his way into being a lottery pick. I think he's gone after this year. Third-team All-American. You heard it here first, Goodman. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. I'm trying to think of who else is going to make a huge jump. You know, listen. I got one for you. Want to hear another lottery pick out of nowhere? Okay. James Booknight. At- I, I was just going to say that. I was just, I love Booknight. I love, I think he's a killer. Um, I, I think again, he's got to average 20 a game for, for UConn next year. <laughs> he might do it, man. He might, he averaged 15 a game in the AAC. Yeah, I, I think he will. I think Booknight, and, and I think he's got the mentality to be able to play for and thrive under, under Danny Hurley. I'm with you. Like he's an easy breakout guy and he could be a guy that you put um, on your, on your, you know, uh, all Americans. I'm going, my favorite, um, my favorite mid-major guy that I'd like to put, I'd like to usually throw one guy. I'll like four teams, all Americans. I used to throw, I'll usually throw one guy, Jordan Adams of Austin Peay. That's like my it. guy. That's my like guy. Big, and, strong, two guard who could score, get to the basket. He could shoot it, and I think he could be. Honestly, wouldn't shock. Could he sneak into like first round, late first round territory next year for the NBA draft? Maybe. Maybe. And like, isn't he? Isn't there a, a, at least a discussion to have of whether or not he's actually the best player on that awesome P team? What's the kid's he's name? Not Terry the Taylor. best player. He's not. I mean, like yeah. Terry Taylor is the best. He's the reigning. OVC player of the year. Like, no, there's no discussion there. Terry Taylor, and if Terry Taylor was two inches bigger, you'd be talking about him as, as maybe a, uh, you know, as an NBA draft pick. So I got Austin P in the top 50. I'm probably the only uh, knucklehead to do that. Um, no, it's not wrong. I like it. I like it. I got to figure out a team. My, my, big, my big thing when we're done with this podcast is I got to figure out a team at 50 to bump Stanford out. I got to get Stanford out of the top 50 now that Tyrell Terry's gone. Out of the top 50, I got him out of the top 25. Out of the top 50 seems aggressive, but we probably should talk about Tyrell Taylor, right? Tyrell Terry. Tyrell Terry. You're you're slipping today. Early. Johnson, you got Tyrell Taylor. Tyrod, you're thinking about Tyrod Taylor and your your NFL fantasy draft. (laughs) You're going to suck. Listen, you should have no excuse uh, to suck this year. You've got time in your hands now. you should be doing some serious homework for fantasy football. I, I need to start, man. I've been completely putting it off. I need to start. You got time, but I might uh, just yeah, pay Ty- 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 Terry. All my winnings to get him to just draft for me. Tyrell <laughs> Ty- <laughs> Terry, uh, you, you hate it. I, I'm like mixed because he could go late first round, but I think he would have been a lot better coming back. He's a shot maker, but I think he could have put on like 10 pounds and um, Stanford would have been really, really good this year. Yeah, you know, I, I think that it really hurts Stanford more than it would have uh, hurt him to come back to school, if that makes sense. You know, I, I think that he is uh, the kind of guy it, – it's weird. Like, I think he's probably going to go somewhere, like, in the early 20s because all it takes is one team to fall in love with him. Um, but I also think that uh, he's the kind of guy where – Coming in the office. Who's coming in? Uh, now it is. My, you need something? I need a 
Okay. Let me, hold on one second. No, <laughs> we need we need cameos from your wife. Limping oh, in on a scooter. Hold on. She can't. She she's sitting on the scooter, so she's not going to be able to be seen by the uh, the camera. She really wants to see on the scooter. Tell her you'll be down soon. Hello. How are you? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. All right, man. The scooter. You move quicker than Rob, though. Even on that scooter, I'm sure it's probably not even close. Okay, we gotta we gotta we gotta wrap it up soon. All right, we're out. All right, thanks for doing this, Rob. I appreciate it. Again, hashtag uh, hire Rob, and uh, thanks for taking uh, an hour out of your day. Um, the big goal: find Rob Doster a new job, but Let's not yet. Enjoy life for a little while, and then you got to find a new job. I'm, hey, I get I get two months paid vacation right now, so I'm in on October 9th, I need a job. Take care of your kids. Do some do some fatherly duty here. I'll I'll do my best. I will All right, do my later, best. man.